Here and there, he recognized the faces of some of his own parishioners. A voice behind him said, These people aren't like us, John. Sit down. Sit down. What's the point in watching them if it bothers you so? Bella will be bringing the tea up in a minute. The procession flowed on between the houses. Colours ran like an oil-ribboned river, red, silver and gold from luminous fabrics. Then came shimmering images from screens slung over donkeys, trailing wires and power packs. Cartoon monsters and coupling bodies soared, half solid, into the air. And what were the people singing? John strained his ears to catch the words accented with the guttural Magulf dialect. But even with the translat he always kept hooked to the belt of his cassock, he found the borderers hard to understand, and the translat would be worthless now. The voices that drifted up with the seaweed smell of massed borderer humanity ebbed and pulsed like static. The sound was formless, the yawning breath of a mouth surrounded by the clattering heartbeat of bells and drums. He turned away from the window. Amply seated, his feet propped on a solid cushion, Father Felipe studied John through silver half-lidded eyes. "'You've upset them,' he said. You know that, don't you? Upset them by refusing to get involved in their carnival. A lad came to the door here only the other day and asked, It's not my duty to please these people. Ah, duty. Felipe rumbled gently with laughter. John pulled a chair across the gritty floor and sat down. Outside he could still hear the rumble of the procession. Animal sacrifice is pointless. Wasteful. You think I should misrepresent the church by seeming to approve of it? Felipe scratched absently at a food stain on his cassock. The room was half dark already, and the tiny glowing spines that ran along the fingers of his gloves made a reddish blur. John glanced down at his own gloves, which were still veined a leafy green. He had several more hours before he'd need to pull the thread along the cuff and incinerate them. I'll tell you a little secret, Felipe said. I used to join in that procession, when these legs here would let me. Wave that big censer from the back cupboard in Santa Cristina's chancery. He chuckled at the memory. <laughs> I'm sure the children used to put some sort of drug in it. It was no secret. The children had told John about it when they came up Santa Cristina's hill in the smoky dusk one evening as he was closing the church and asked him to bless the goat. The old priest was just playing games, or perhaps even acknowledging in a roundabout way that his precedent had put the new and younger man in a difficult position. Ah! Felipe cocked his head and beamed. Here comes tea. All John could hear was the sound of the procession drumming like rain, but Felipe had somehow got hold of an expensive ear implant to counter his deafness. He heard everything. After a long moment, the door from the stairs creaked open and Bella backed into the room with a jingle of china. Bless you, my girl. Gunafana. The presbytery maid lowered her head. She had on a thin blue housecoat stained with sweat across the back, arms and shoulders, and long-sleeved gloves of cheap cotton. Now that winter had ended, 
She'd also taken to wearing the impregnated face masks they sold down at the Alcala Souk. And spice cake, I see. I really don't know how you do it, Bella, my dear. You are a marvel. Thank you, Fatou. And I suppose you'd rather be out there, eh, my child? Joining in the fun? No, Fatou. This is my work. Of course. You see, John, here's another one who understands duty. John saw the attentiveness that came into Felipe's eyes as the young borderer woman leaned to place the tea tray on the low table. Every day those roomy silver irises sparkled with sudden life as they studied the curves of her breasts. Bella stepped quickly back. She crossed her arms. Her face mask sucked in, blew out. Framed by it and a fringe of black hair, her big chestnut eyes remained blank. Felipe liked her to wait here with them each afternoon.